This is Andrew Ford, and you're listening to Level Playing Field. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, Level Playing Field. My name is Randy Boos, and I am your host. Before we get to today's episode, I want to go through some podcast business. If you are liking this podcast, if you want it to continue, please like and share, follow on social media, either Twitter or Instagram. My account is under LPFpod for Instagram and Twitter. Follow there. Retweet if you can. If you like the podcast episode, share for me. Help me out. If you get your podcast through iTunes, can you do me a favor and read it? And also, maybe write a review if you like it. I would appreciate it. That helps my algorithms go up and get me shared more. If you have questions, comments, if you have ideas to make this show better, can you do my favorite email me? Email me at levelplainfieldpod at gmail.com. You can slide into my DMs on Twitter and Instagram and talk to me there as well. Over the weekend on Sunday was Trans Day of Visibility. On this day is the day I chose to share that I will be talking to Evelyn Sifton and Dr. Rachel McKinnon in upcoming episodes to talk about the trans athlete debate. Just so you know, this isn't going to be a debate like normal, like you might see on Twitter. It's not a fight. This is going to be educational for me and for the listeners. I, uh, I'm not against trans athletes. I just want to learn more. And these two people are going to be perfect examples of guests that you're going to want to hear. I hope you enjoy. Let's talk about this episode. So today's guest is a soccer player who came out as bisexual while he was at a Christian college, came out to his friends, his family, his teammates. We talk about all of that. We talk about his first date with a guy. We talk about um, just how he reconciled his faith with his sexuality. I do want to say at this point, at the beginning of this podcast, I wasn't planning on talking about faith as much as I have already. So for those people that are turned off by it, I do apologize. It's just um, some of my guests, that's part of their story, so I thought we should include it. An example of not wanting to talk about it, though, up until the last minute before I talked to Sid from Outsports, I wasn't going to include that. For some reason, though, as we were going on, I just said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to ask, and I've included it ever since. Not every episode is going to have faith included. Not everyone believes in a God, so it's not going to be an issue. Just when it does, it's going to be part of it. So like I said, for those that are turned off by that because they've been hurt by people in the church, I just want to say sorry and hope you still listen. Hopefully you can get something out of it. Let's talk about corrections and some things I wanted to add. First of all, I want to thank the people behind Troy Sivan. In part of the story with Andrew, he talks about the song Heaven and being there and listening and being a part of a conversation with his mom. I was able to get approval for that song to play in the background, and I'm really thankful for them for allowing that. I also reached out to some people and tried to get some questions via Twitter. I got a question from John Holmes. If you don't know John Holmes, he's the person behind Sports Media LGBT+. He's also an online editor for Sky Sports over in the United Kingdom. John's question was about, about LGBT families in school, and I butchered that question. Andrew is still able to answer it, though, and I hope you enjoy that. If you're not following the news over there, 
There's been protesting on education on LBT issues and families and sexuality and classes. Muslims and Christians got together and have been protesting. And speaking of that, the parliament over in the United Kingdom had a vote on March 27th. They all voted in favor of inclusive regulations for relationships and sex education, otherwise known as RSE. It covers all of that that I just talked about. The vote in Parliament was 538 in favor and 21 against. A massive one in the United Kingdom. Um, I brought up a podcast. I didn't say the name of the podcast who started it. I want to do that now because it's a great episode. It's a great podcast. I listen to it now. It's one of my regulars. Title of the podcast is Homo Sapiens. The hosts are filmmaker Chris Sweeney and musician and actor Will Young. The episode I'm talking about is from season two and it's episode four. The guest is Andrew Moffat. It's a great conversation they have at his school. It's talking about his diversity program he calls No Outsiders. It deals with um, not everyone being a white family with a mom and a dad. And it talks about religion, LGBT issues, and educating people so they know not everyone's the same. I think it's a great program. Andrew, Chris, and Will describe it a lot better, so listen to that to get more info on it. Without further ado, though, let's start this episode. Here is former college soccer player, Andrew Ford. Welcome to Level Playing Field. Like Thank I usually you. start my show, where were you born? Uh, I was born in Zanesville, Ohio. And your parents, siblings info? Uh, yeah, my, my mom, Tina Ford. My uh, dad, Ron Ford. I have two uh, older siblings, uh, Victoria and Michael Ford. What is your earliest memory? My earliest memory probably had to be when I was younger. I strictly remember this for some reason. I don't know why. But I think I was like four or five. We were sled riding. Like I was with my uh, siblings. We were sled riding. And somehow I managed to slide left on the, on the field. And uh, I, I managed to like get my head stuck in a fence. So they had to call 911. So that was like my biggest memory as a kid. That would make sense why that would stick out. Oh, 100%. 100%. What's your earliest sports memory? What what sports did you play when you were growing up? Uh, growing up, my parents. Uh, so my both my parents are actually Italian, and uh, so a really big sport was uh, soccer growing up. Mm-hmm. And they really wanted me to stick with soccer because both my siblings were really good at it. So my mom wanted me to uh, kind of like branch out. So I tried baseball. My mom had me do swimming for a little while, uh, but soccer was the main sport she had me stay in. I ended up loving it. What part of the Italian heritage, what part of it was your life? And was it like, that's who you were or as uh, a I grew, child? Oh, yeah, I grew up uh, like I, I really like understood I was Italian. Like, like I really it really shaped my culture and my upbringing because family and food was always around growing up. Surprised I wasn't like an obese kid, but <laughs> food was definitely around growing up. But I realized I was Italian. I really labeled myself Italian growing up, like, from, like, a really young age, actually. Have you been to Italy? I have not yet, no. Yeah, it sounds amazing. We um, hosted an Italian exchange student, and just, she was an amazing girl and big personality. Oh, 100%. There was, it's it's so loud at the house. Like, there's always food, there's family, it's always so loud. I love it. I absolutely love it. So I guess with family around, you probably had a lot of big family events and every event, a lot of people were there. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, in the summertime, like we would have family members that would stay like 
the entire summer with us. Like they literally would stay the entire summer with us. So family was always around, always. How involved was your family in sport? You said that your siblings and you played soccer. Were your parents like coaches and uh, team moms, I guess they'd have, or? Uh, my, my, uh, <laughs> my parents were never actually my coaches due to the fact that they'd just be too hard on me. They found out they'd be way too hard on me. And uh, my, my father actually grew up playing baseball and was really good. I was uh, attending Liberty University to play baseball originally. And my mother was a cheerleader for a while. Uh, both my siblings, uh, my sister and my brother, so they were older than me. They actually got me to like soccer way more because I, like, I, I idolized my brother growing up. So that was the man I wanted to be like and I wanted to be better than. So definitely like sports were from the start. How much older is he than you are? Uh, my brother's eight years older than me and my sister's four years. Oh, wow. That's a big oh, difference. Yeah. I'm the baby baby. Yeah, because my I'm, my brothers are six and four years older. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so my six my brother, who's six years older, you know, I idolized him. He wrestled, and um, that was his main sport. And I remember as a kid going to wrestling matches at the high school. With your brother, you know, do you remember him playing high school soccer? And Yeah, his- um, so, like, I would always... <laughs> I, I was always around my brother. Uh, like I said, I idolized him in so many sports and everything. I would go to his practices and be ball boy during practices. Uh, my brother's name is Michael, so they always called me Little Mike. And, like, that was, like, that was my home. Like, wherever my brother was at, like, that was my home. Was he able to help you a lot with soccer? Or was it more he helped you just because you wanted to try to be better than him? To be honest with you, my uh... – <laughs> so I was, <laughs> I was the annoying little brother that followed my brother around. Uh <laughs> I definitely followed my brother around. I remember we had a neighborhood and we'd always go play basketball and uh, he never wanted me to follow him to go play basketball with him, but I always would. But my brother was more a uh, figure. He was, uh, he was so involved with his sport. So he didn't have too much time to coach me, mm-hmm. but he, he definitely coached me. And just by how he played, I just would mimic it all the time. So you're playing soccer. You have the big Italian family. You said your dad went to Liberty university. Yeah. Uh, both my siblings went to Liberty university. My, uh, my uh, mother graduated from Ohio University, though. She uh, transferred senior year. Faith, obviously, was a big part of your life and still is, I take it. Oh, um, yeah. How much time spent during an average week was it with church events versus soccer? I mean, was it pretty split? Oh, yeah. Um, so I uh, grew up in fifth grade. Well, it was in fourth grade. I actually uh, started playing state soccer. So it, I actually stopped playing um, with my school and with my friends. And my mother had me attend a... Uh, like academy, kind of. It was an academy. So it was kids from all around the state that would play together. And um, so I stopped I stopped playing uh, with my uh, friends from school to f- focus on, like, bigger competition. So every Sunday we would go to church and then right after that go run to two hours away to a state game or something. Or right after, right after church, right, I got to go straight to a game. So was your home pitch two hours away, or that's just the away games, that's where they were? Uh, my pitch was probably about 45 minutes away, and then my game, oh, Lord, it was all around Ohio, different areas, Indiana, Kentucky. Oh, wow. And you're doing this weekly? Oh, yeah. Um, so through the week, growing up through the week, we would go, my parents would uh, drive me an hour to practice every single day, five days a week. And then, uh, yeah, like soccer was what I breathed after school. It was crazy. It was so much for my parents. Well, your first team that I take was U10s or so, where you were trying to tra- where you were traveling all over. 
Yeah, U10s is, is where I started at. That is amazing. That's dedication. Oh, yeah. My parents were so – I realized this later when I was growing up, but just how dedicated they truly were just for me to love my sport. And then at this point, they're still driving your brother around too, right, and your sister? Oh, yeah. My uh, sister actually played for a local club in Zanesville. And my brother, uh, my brother, I, I went and followed uh, the same club he played for called Extabit. It was a Brazilian uh, soccer team. Oh, okay. Yeah. I take it Brazilian coaches then, or? Um, it was Brazilian coaches. Uh, I actually only had one coach from America. The rest were all very uh, uh, foreign coaches. Like, I remember my first coach, uh, he was uh, from Wales. My next coach was from uh, Britain, and, and just I had a lot of European coaches, um, a lot of uh, Denmark uh, coaches. Like, all my coaches were foreign, and it really gave me a good view of the game from, like, a young age, really. I imagine it gave you a different point of view as well. I mean, American coaches tend to be a little different than the European counterparts. Oh, yeah, I figured that really, really, like, at a young age, I found that out really quick. How many hours a week were you doing soccer at that point, 10, 11 years old? Oh, my gosh. Uh it was it was all year long, so it never stopped. So, I mean, I get off school at three o'clock, get to practice at four. Practices would end at eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Get home, try get my homework done on the way up there. Uh, go to bed, go to school, start over. It how was four hours a day, five days a week? How involved were you guys in church? Uh, so my parents uh, originally originally my mother was Catholic and my father was a Christian. So, you know, a lot of people want to say there's the same uh, religion and whatnot. And so to an extent it is. But um, they had us attend a Baptist church. And we were going to church every single Sunday, every single Sunday. And uh, was your dad Baptist then? Yeah. Yeah. My, my father was Baptist. But yeah, every Sunday. Did you have midweek church events and youth groups and stuff like that? I wasn't, uh, we did, we did, but I, I was never, I was never able to attend them just because of my sport. Soccer. Yeah. Usually around human nature, 10, 11, 12, um, sexuality starts to form, starts to be created in you and you start to realize things you didn't realize before. And this is with girls and guys. If oh, yeah. you're inter- and you know, how, how was that for you growing uh, up in the church? Even not even just when you, because that's bisexual, obviously, liking both sexes. How was that for you, even just for girls, which is traditional relationships with the church? Um, how was that for you? Did you have any added, added like, pressure or guilt associated with that? Um, growing up, uh, growing up, so I tell everybody, growing up, uh, I always liked girls growing up. And going to church and stuff, I remember one of my first girlfriends was actually... She was uh, in my church and stuff like that. And it was, you're not really dating at like nine years old, eight years old. You know, you just have crushes, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really like started forming me like at a young age. But um, I mean, you know, sexuality, sexuality in, in church really wasn't even mentioned at the time. Like the only thing I knew was, you know, like a mom and a dad, a male and a female. Like that, that's all I knew. That, that's really all I was educated about. I didn't even know there was a possibility that uh, same sex marriage was a thing. Or even like to even care about the same sex. I wasn't even sure about it. I didn't even know about it. It was taboo at the time, and you know, I wasn't I wasn't around it. Uh, I went to a public school, but you know, gay was always whispered, and I never knew what the, even the word was. And growing up in a church uh, from the city that I'm from, 
it's not really mentioned that much. So in church, I had no idea about it. Interesting. Because this is what? This was 2009, 2008? Yeah, 2008, 2009. Um, that's crazy that, I don't want to use the term sheltered, but that it wasn't talked about. Right. Because um, even, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid-40s and churches where we learned about sex because in, after church in the back of the church we would all talk about it right um, so it's funny that for you it wasn't that way it was uh i mean i just i never i didn't even hear about it uh, the only time i heard the word gay was or homosexual was really off of television i never heard it in my church it was it was never talked about with in days like this we will realize that sexuality is not really talked about in churches as much as it's talked said it is through i don't really think it is as much now definitely with the generation it is it's getting brought up now but for me as a kid it just wasn't there yeah and probably just something you didn't pay attention to either but and usually churches have you know maybe once every five or six months they talk about sex otherwise they stay away from it just because it is a controversy oh for sure so you said you had your first girlfriend you said like nine or ten and just you know the kid kid girlfriend yeah yeah when did you start to notice your interest in, in guys? Uh, it's kind of funny. It was uh, my middle school year. So we had our uh, we had elementary school just for elementary kids. Right. So it's preschool to fifth grade. And then, um, you know, it's my first year. I'm a sixth grader. It's middle school. You know, it's my first year in the big school. And uh, it was my first day of school. And uh I saw another student. He was a little bit. He was a couple grades ahead of me, and this is the first time I've really seen like older students and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, I had no idea what I was even feeling. I, it was like I said, I had no idea. I remember seeing. I remember seeing the student. And I I <laughs> I just had like something in my stomach that I just. I was. It was different, and I just. I just kind of brushed it off as like oh, I was just you know. He's a good-looking guy. I, I understood at a young age, like, you can think guys are good-looking and stuff like that, but staying, you know, liking them more than friends was never a possibility. What are you talking about? That's, that can never happen. And in sixth grade, like, that, that's immediately the first thing I thought about was, oh, that's, that's not possible. Did you ever talk about it with someone? Not at all. Not at all. Oh, my gosh, not at all. Everything I ever thought about, everything was just in my head behind closed doors, and everything started in sixth grade. Uh, I never thought about bringing that up to anybody. My biggest fear was uh, me bringing it up as a question and automatically being labeled as gay or anything else but straight. So I was like, what, why do I want to bring up the chance? So you start these feelings in sixth grade. You, you're still very active in sports, playing soccer. Oh, yeah. As, as you go through middle school, I'd imagine you'd still do the four or five hours a, a day for soccer. But then once you hit high school, you have, are you doing club soccer and the high school soccer or just um, one? Immediately when uh, fall started for uh, my freshman year, fall start started, uh, I was lucky enough to get on varsity for uh, soccer. And it was just dedication for high school at that time. And then spring came around and it was extabi time. It was select soccer time. Okay. Yeah, I guess it is convenient where they sort of, sort of don't overlap that much oh yeah it never stopped <laughs> so as these feelings grow as you get older um you're still dating girls i assume right right all the way yeah 
how do we get to the point where in the story I read on, I believe is Alex Sports, you talked about possibly coming out in at homecoming. Right. How do, how yeah. do we get to that point? <laughs> uh, you get to the point where, you know, uh, you know, I said it started in sixth grade and, you know, homecoming King is all the way from senior year. So in between that time, you know, my feelings just got stronger and stronger every year. It was, it was getting more and more like serious, you know, like, Every single year, it, my feelings for a guy was getting stronger, and you know, uh, I I, just, I didn't know if I could hold it back anymore. You know, after all these years, just waiting and waiting and waiting, and I still wasn't even sure about myself. I I, I again, I just didn't want to risk it. Did you ever date guys, at least secretly, at that time, or not at all? Not at all. I was uh, I actually dated girls all the way up till the summer of my freshman year in college. So right before, so I graduated high school, um, that summer coming up, uh, I was headed to college and I broke up with, uh, my girlfriend at the time that we were dating. And, uh, just cause, you know, I was going to college, I knew it'd be a little tough and I just feel like it'd be better if we didn't date. In church circles, there's the term leaving room for the Holy spirit or leaving room for Jesus. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was that a conflict for you? I mean, obviously, you you didn't date guys, but with girls. Sexuality in the church is so freaking hard. Oh, yeah. You're you're telling me. The amount of guilt that a person usually feels, it's just amazing. It's an added stress. Right. How do you deal with that? Is it, was it a strict thing with your church where they always said that? Or was it more of a joke? And it was, well, the thing was, I, I, okay behind every joke and stuff like that there's some truth behind it i mean i've always lived by that um the pressure of you know leave leave room for the holy ghost and holy lord you know to stay you know stay with your relationship uh it was definitely on my back it was definitely on my back um you know the whole guilt thing came from um you know church is my home and you know there's always rules and there's always there's rules in every single household you know, one of the biggest rules in my in this household being church was, you know, not being gay, you know, not liking guys, you know, like uh, that was one of the biggest rules. And knowing that I'm teetering on the edge of that, you know, it always left a little bit of like it made my stomach turn a little bit. How, how, how was your parents with that? I mean, was it something where not that they thought you were bisexual, but did it did homosexuality ever get brought up or was it I think in a lot of Christian homes, it doesn't. Um. Yeah, it, it wasn't okay. Um, my, 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 this is kind of corny, but I we were watching Ellen one day. We were watching Ellen one day in my house, and the first time I got brought up was uh, we were watching Ellen, who I love, and um, you know, she talked about her wife, and I was I was staring at the TV. I was just so confused. I was like, wife, wife, and I was like, wife. I just kept on repeating it to my mom and my dad. I'm like, yeah, she she has a wife. And I was like can you do that and they're like yeah yeah people, some people do do that and i was just i was starstruck by that thought because somebody that i uh, i loved watching from like a young age and then that hit me oh, I was like, how wow. old were you uh i was probably around 12 years okay old. but yeah yeah and that was when the, I, my feelings started coming up around guys and that that was my first like um you know i iconic face that i saw that was gay so to see that, it just hit me a little bit different. Yeah. So we get 
to the point now where you come out in high school or not come out, but I guess you'd already told a friend, right? Because there was, like I said, I I read the story on Outsports and you talked about talking to a friend and telling them that person (laughs) that you're going to come out if you were nominated in Homecoming King. Yeah. um, So it was, (laughs) she was a, she was a good, really good friend of mine. She still is this day. uh, Chloe Perry. She is, she was one of my best friends in high school. And, you know, uh, it was our senior year and it was the beginning of the senior year. And she drops big news on the school that she, she likes girls. She likes girls also. And this was probably in September. So we were in my car in August and she told me, Andrew, I, I think I like girls. And I said, that's wow. Am I the first person you've told this? And she's like, yeah, I feel comfortable around you to tell you this. I said, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's cra- that's cra- that's crazy. Um, Chloe, I think I I think I kind of like, I I kind of like guys a little bit, a little bit. I just didn't know how to say it. I remember I was stuttering for half an hour, and um, and she's like, Do you, "Excuse me," and I said, "You know, I, I think guys are pretty cute. You know how it goes." <laughs> I didn't even know how to explain it, and uh, she was amazed by that, and she was my best friend. And then immediately when I told her. I, I told her I was just kidding. I, I literally told her I was just kidding. Like that, like I immediately backed out. I felt horrible that I did that, and I just backed out. Then um, <laughs> a week before homecoming, the homecoming football game, uh, I told her, you know, Chloe, I like I like guys. I like guys. She's like, no duh, like a hundred percent. And Chloe was actually our uh, homecoming queen. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that's actually funny how are you so sure and i i sort of know the answer but i just want to hear you say it how were you so sure you were bisexual you are bisexual if you hadn't acted on it if i didn't have to act on it um i'm not sure um the same thing I've, I've actually been asked this question a few times and the fact is like you know you always ask people how are you so sure that you know you ask a girl how are you so sure you liked guys like when did you know you were straight and then like, I guess I really didn't know. Uh, with guys, I, I can't even, I don't know if I can answer that. I just didn't, I just, I, I felt, I felt for them. It, it was crazy because it, it was, you know, you still, you explore your feelings still. You still explore your feelings and sometimes you can't explain how you feel. It's crazy. No, I get it. Um, being bisexual myself, I understand, well, I don't always know how to explain it, but it's just how you feel inside. It's always been there. Right. So... Like, for me, there wasn't, like, a moment where I realized it. It was just, you know, I just always did once I became sexually aware. Right. And um, and I wasn't sure because I, I knew I asked some people before. Uh, we actually have a family friend that's gay. And I asked them probably when I was a ninth grader, you know, when did you know you were gay? And they said, you know, when I started liking girls, I started liking guys. And I started really liking guys. So that was probably middle school is when they started really understanding it. For me, I thought you had to be, you know, like I, I, I really didn't have anybody to look up to or ask questions to. So I thought you, um, to be bisexual, you had to know from the start. Like a lot of people say, you know, I, I, I've known since I was born. I, I've known since, you know, I, I've known from the start. So I thought like I was a late bloomer or something like that. Yeah, I get it. What, um, was Chloe the only one you told in high school then? Oh, for sure. 
when did you tell your parents? Was that before or after you told teammates in college? Uh, I came out to my parents last, actually. Really? Oh, yeah. By the way, you won Homecoming King, right? Right. That was your senior year, correct? Yeah, my senior year in high school. Is that when you already knew you were accepted into your college at Malone? Yep, yeah. I knew I was playing soccer there. That was the next move. Uh, I was going to announce it to everybody, and then I was going to announce the college I was attending. I was going to come out. Uh, I actually spoke to a teacher, and I, was, I, had a, I had a speech ready in my head and everything. I was planning it all out. And then they said Andrew Ford, and I was like, oh, God, no. God, no. Please, no. Did Chloe say anything to you after when you didn't announce it? No, uh, not, not at all. Um, I feel like I feel like the comfort the comfort of all that is like I don't think any, I don't think she was disappointed at me at all. She just understood that like when the time was right, the time was right. And I feel like you can't really time these things out. It's just a feeling like you know when you know. Kind of sounds yeah. corny, all, but you just know when you're ready. And no, and it's was, your, it wasn't ready. Yeah, and it's your story, so you have to tell it when you're ready. Right. Why did you choose Malone as your school of choice? Uh, definitely my Christian background. Uh, my I felt most comforted around uh, Christian people. I felt I felt comforted by people that shared the same love as I did, and that was with God. And at that time, Malone was definitely a place where I felt most uh, comfortable at. I felt comfortable around the Christian background. I felt comfortable that you know it was only an hour forty-five from home. And I just, it just felt like home. Interviews I read, articles I read, you mentioned that Malone is LB, LGBTQ friendly. What do you mean by that? Um, so I think it was the beginning of my senior year where, you know, I was planning with Chloe and stuff like that, where I wanted to come out. And I told her I, told her I was going to come out and everything. And I did some research on uh, the colleges. Every college that I looked into, I was doing research on, you know, because there might be a future where I come out at these colleges and I want to make sure that I don't get lynched for coming out at these colleges. Mm -hmm. So I did some research. Um, I looked it up and Malone's actually had an extensive history of having uh, speakers, Christian speakers that also have to be part of the LGBTQ community. And I was like, this is perfect. You know, like, there could be a chance that I come out and Malone is going to be, is going to be a good spot for that. How was your first year, your first couple months really at Malone being away from home? I take it it was the first time you were away from home for a large amount of time. Oh yeah. Um, um, my, my first, my first year was really, my first like couple months was, it was different. It was really different. Um, I felt pretty independent uh, just cause I, you know, I was taking care of myself. I was really happy because, you know, I gave a lot of people from my community hope on to going play sports in college. And I was always getting like texts and things about, you know, how proud people were. And it really, the fa the team was something I was really excited about. I mean, I dreamed about playing college ball for so long, watching my brother go play, you know, like I was just so excited. I was so excited. And every minute of it, I was enjoying the, the first couple months. How soon do you start college where you're starting practice with the team? Uh, we started in August. Uh, school didn't actually start till we started August 8th, and school doesn't even start till the end of August. Oh, wow. So you're actually building relationships before you're even starting school. Oh, yeah. Did you get your roommate because of playing soccer or just by so, chance? 
So I actually requested a, uh, I actually requested a, a non-athletic uh, um, roommate. That's the first thing I requested was a non-athletic uh, roommate. Um, because I thought, you know, I'm going to be around my teammates all the time. I'm going to have, they're going to be my friends regardless, probably, or they're going to be, you know, I'm going to have a relationship with them regardless. So if my roommate's not an athlete, that just brings a whole different social group to me that I can be friends with. Your uh, roommate, was that Jordan for the first yeah. year? Yeah. And he actually ended up being an athlete. He was my, he was my teammate. Yeah. <laughs> How did that happen? I have no idea. Um, so true story. Uh, the kid that I was supposed to go to college with, uh, he like dipped. He just said, you know, college ain't for me. Like two days before uh, the uh, right before moving day, two days before moving day. Oh, really? Yeah, he just gone. He just was gone. I don't know where he went. Shout out to him. Hope he's doing well. How did your relationship with Jordan? You guys became pretty close as teammates and, and roommates. Oh, yeah. He was uh, from Winnipeg, Canada. So his roommate like me was just family from the start because he needed somebody really close because he was so far away from home. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Canadians are pretty cool people, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're pretty cool. They're really nice. Super nice. By the way, what position do you play? Uh, you... I, were, I came into college. So uh, high school, they wanted me to play midfield. And uh, I went to college playing defense. Uh, I, I always played defense. My coach in high school wanted me to try to be uh, a midfielder a little bit. But um, I got defensive player of the year uh, for my league. So I really went into college wanting to be like, you know, defensive player of the conference. So I went into college playing so, uh, defense. Is that what you were in the club team also was? Oh, yeah. Um, they had me actually my club team had me playing a little bit of midfield as well. But defense was definitely home for me. OK. How was the team experience at college? Uh, it was different. Um, so you'll talk to anybody uh, that plays college ball, you know. Every kid is the, the man of their school. Everyone's the man of their school. Everybody's the, the captain of their school. Everybody's the defensive, offensive goalkeeper of the year from their area. So egos really collide when it comes to college ball, 100%. Mm-hmm. So that's really what it was for the first like couple months as well. And then after a while, it just settles down and you sort of know your teammate, you know your role. Oh, it slows down and you really do realize like it's not just you anymore. It's it's a it's a team. Like it's it's a team. This is a family now and this is your new family. You gotta get comfortable with it. How'd you do your first year in college? Um, academically, athletic. Both. For my first uh my first semester I thought I did pretty well. Um I had a three point three GPA, which I was happy I was happy with. Um athletics, athletics it went pretty well. Um I was getting stronger I, to an area where I didn't think I was going to be. I gained 20 pounds, which I was happy with because I definitely was playing against bigger boys. Mm-hmm. And I, I needed that coming in as a 150-pound freshman in defense. <laughs> and that was 5'9 at the time. So I needed to get some weight on me. But it went pretty well. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it 100%. How'd the team do? Uh, that's another story. <laughs> We uh we didn't we didn't perform the best we didn't perform the best uh my class was the biggest freshman class they've had in the past twenty years, so they recruited so many freshmen so we were basically a freshman team to be honest with you we were very much the youngest team in the conference actually. Was it freshman year that you came out to your roommate Jordan? Yes, uh, freshman year was my uh it was I believe it was around November so the season's about to wrap up. 
And that's when I started, uh, I told Jordan about, you know, me coming out. How did he take it? Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm not saying that he kind of, uh, he knew or anything cause he didn't. Uh, I remember he was on the phone with his girlfriend and I said, Jordan, we need to talk, man. And he said, is this a talk that, you know, my girl can't listen? I'm like, this is definitely a talk where she can't be listening. <laughs> so, um, you know, I shut the door and he's like, did you get somebody pregnant? I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, listen, man, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I like men, man. I like, I'm bisexual. I like guys. And, you know, he stared at me and then just busted out laughing. I was like, great, this is going horrible. So then he immediately gets up, looks around the room for my phone because he thinks I'm recording him. And he keeps laughing. And he's like, so what's the real news, man? Like, you know, what's what's really going on? And it took me 20 minutes to convince him that, you know, I like men. Like, it wasn't a joke. Like, it took me 20 minutes. Why didn't he believe you? I, um, I, I really have no idea. Uh, first thing he told me is he just didn't expect it. He was, he was just thought I was joking the entire time. Uh, I mean, you know, the stereo, you know, the stereotype, you, we all know the stereotype and everything. And I don't think I fit the stereotype. And mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely, you just didn't believe me at all. Uh, but after about, after about, <laughs> after me begging him, to, me being honest with him, uh, yeah, he just embraced me. It was so, he was so happy for me. And, I immediately was ready for him to be, you know, freaked out and immediately wanted to be transferred to a different uh, roommate. But he understood. He's like, nothing changes. And that's the first thing I wanted him to say. So when I got that gratitude, I was, I just broke down in tears because I was just so happy. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Was, was is he pretty religious or because I know at Christian schools in anywhere, church, whatever, there's different levels of faith. There's different viewpoints and you know, how people live and everything. Uh, uh, Jordan's pretty... dad is actually a pastor. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. No, that, oh, yeah. that's interesting. Was he going to be a pastor at that point, or is that something that's happened since? Uh, it was just it was just out of coincidence. He was, uh, he was studying criminal justice, and he's like, my dad's a pastor. And I was like, oh, that was the first day he said that to me, and I was just ready for every single day, you know, preaching to me. I was, I was pretty, I was pretty nervous about that i take it though he didn't do that to you oh not at all <laughs> how does the rest of the team find out so originally it was um them asking me a little like offset questions so i i told a few people in college um i told a few people and uh i just kind of let you know people with big mouths i just told people with big mouths and kind of let them do their job as i intended them to do so you intentionally had the people spread rumors. Oh, 100%. 100%. And then uh, whenever I had a teammate asking me some uh, a little bit of a question that I knew where it was headed, I immediately told them, whatever you've been hearing is completely true. And the next thing they said was, they just gave me a hug. I, I immediately, when I got the hug from a teammate telling me that they don't care that I like men or that I was bisexual or they, they didn't care at all, I... I, I can't I can't really explain what that, what that feeling really is. It's, no, it's I, a moment that you don't forget. You don't forget it. I think most people listening to this probably understand. Oh yeah. Now at this point, have you dated guys? Have you kissed a guy? That that goes into uh, <laughs> so it was uh, what was it? So a month before I came out. So I probably came out end of November, early December. Before and what year that, is this, by the way? This is my freshman year in college. 
so my freshman year in college is uh so I, I i get on some of the apps you know uh i remember listening to my friend xavier he was talking about it but i ended up getting on some of the apps and i met some, i met a nice guy from a college i was pretty close and this was before i was out this is way before i was out and uh, i'm a freshman in college I, I find this nice guy that's at a college near us and we go on our first date to the movies and this is this is Andrew on a whole different level. I've never done this. I've never thought I would get to this point in my life. Uh, it was a complete different experience. It was it was crazy. And then when we uh, we go to the movie theater and we get to meet each other, and I have no idea what to do. Um, I remember dapping him up and like punching him on the shoulder. Like what? Like like what? I had no idea what I was doing. Had no idea how to how to act around him. So after you have your first date. My thing is, do you have any guilt or? Um, oh, 100%. Or do, you, do you? 100%. Uh, I think I had the most guilt was on that date, actually. The, the, worst, the worst thing that could have ever happened. By the way, it was the best experience of my life. Uh, I've never felt more free in my entire life to this day than that's going cool. on that first date. And to anybody that wants to hear this, that's the one thing like that's like it was literally like true happiness like true happiness like that moment again like i will not forget that moment but we were headed into the movie theater and the guy's complete gentleman you know played for my movie he was just a great guy and i'm walk we're walking into the movie and my entire team remember i'm not out yet my entire team comes out of the movie that i'm about to head into oh jeez. the entire and this is the best part my entire my team, a couple of teammates, a couple of football players, walk out of the theater. We're right about to walk into, and I walk into it, and I see the whole team walk out, and I immediately my my stomach. I cannot tell you, my heart dropped to my stomach. I I had no idea what to do, so I I see them all. They all yell, "Ford, Ford, what's up, man? What's up?" I'm like, "Oh, hey guys, you know, the boy I'm on a date with is right standing right next to me." And uh, they all circle us. Everybody circles us. Uh, everyone's giving me handshakes, dapping me up and everything. And then they look at Nathan that I'm with. And they say, who's this? And I stuttered. I had no idea what to say to them. And Nathan, I already told I wasn't out. I informed Nathan that I wasn't out. Um, so, like, the whole, you know, holding hands thing, I don't know if I'm really ready for it, but I definitely would love to go on a date with you. And he was very understanding of that. So they all look at Nathan and say, yo, who's this? Who's this guy? Who's this? And Nathan looks at him, and he goes, "What's up? I'm Nathan. I play football at Mount Union." Uh, and he's like, "This is my I'm holding this girl." And they dive everything up. Nathan does not play football. Nathan doesn't play sport his entire life. And uh, a couple of players go, a couple of players go, "Oh, you play wide receiver, right? You play sport, right?" And he goes, "Yeah, that's me." And I just lost my mind. That's funny. It was the greatest. It was hilarious. Uh, we ended up going to the movie and a few seconds later, uh, one of my friends texted me. They said, "Oh man, for a minute I thought you were on a date with that guy. How crazy would that be?" I said, "Oh boy, you crazy. You're crazy, man. That's ridiculous. What are you talking about? You funny." Oh yeah, that was that was a good night. That was a fun night. Did you ever see him again? Uh, Nathan, yeah, we. Uh, Nathan was actually one of the first like uh, relationships I really had, to be honest. Uh, I mean, we didn't date for that long. We talked for a few months, but um, that was the first relationship. We went on a few more dates together, but the whole distance thing, because uh, I was going back home. I, I would have been going back home and stuff. We just thought the distance was a little too much. You talk about weight, though, coming off your shoulders. It's been ha- it, 
I've been told a few times in my show that when you come out, the weight lifted off of you. It's just amazing. So a lot of the athletes actually talk about even being better on the field. Did you notice any change when you came out to your team? When I came out to my team, uh, especially Jordan, I, 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 you, you walk onto the field, you walk into practices, you walk into the gym, especially the gym. And, you know, you're lifting differently. And it really is. That's that's so true. That's so, so true. And I think whenever you, you know, better yourself by admitting anything, I feel like that's going to improve your life in every single aspect. And for an athlete, that's definitely on the field. And for me, that that's, it was the same thing. Story I read on Health Sports, you talk about talking to your pastor about it. Right. He was, it sounded like he was pretty accepting of it and there were no issues there. Oh, not at all. Um, uh, I, I, I pulled him to the side. I said, pastor, I, this is, a, this is the pastor on my college at my college. And, um, I said, pastor, I need to talk to you about some things. And he's like, hundred uh, percent. I said, I need to confess something to you and something that I've been struggling with a lot. And, uh, he shook my hand and, uh, said, you know, we were doing, uh, our school was having a mission uh, project. We were going to go to Mexico for a mission thing. And he thought that that was the big thing on my heart was going to, uh, going on the mission trip. He said, I already know Drew, uh, you need to definitely go on the mission trip. It's definitely for you. And I said, no pastor, I like men. And he just immediately stops what he was saying. And he just looks at me and then again, opens up his arms. And then immediately I start crying in the middle of church. Oh, so is this right after a service or? Uh, yeah, this is right after a service. Oh, wow. And I just, I, I need the help. I need to open up and I need to do it now. So I just caught him right after the service. That is so cool that you've had such a, a great experience coming out to people at Christian schools, at churches, because um, you don't hear that a lot. Right. Um I definitely would have to do with something with uh, Liberty, uh, not Liberty, but Malone University. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the whole, they're open for everybody and they've had their uh, LGBTQ speakers. I mean, that was definitely a part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've had so much love from a college that I'm not going to lie. The Christian thing did scare me a little bit where I thought that, you know, I'd get some hate from it, but really the opposite. Obviously the last people you came out to you said was your family right how how did that go for you my fa my family was a uh was a different case uh you know i remember i actually remember coming home in may from college my freshman year my freshman year in college and everything and uh i remember telling them that you know i like men like I, i'm bisexual i i know that i've had a, a deep love and caringness for guys and i just need to tell you guys that and they were they were they just stared at me. They, they stared at me. They, uh, I really think they thought it was a stage for a second and that I was going to grow out of it. And, you know, I'm coming straight from college. You know, a lot of things have been happening. I'm finally home. And I guess they thought that was just like something that was just a thing for the moment. You know, they didn't really react to it. I don't think they took it so serious. And I feel like they, uh, they just didn't react to it. They didn't think it was real. How was it though when they finally accepted that you were telling the truth and that it is who you are? Um, it wasn't until mid June. I remember strictly it was in June, and I was listening to a song, and 
it was a really good song and it was a Christian song about uh, being gay and being Christian and my mom heard it and she asked me what song that was so she went and looked it up and was enjoying it and then she watched the music video to it and she said wait a minute wait a minute is, is this guy gay and I said yeah she said are, are you still struggling with this are, are you still struggling with it I said wait did you not take me serious? What? What? I was so lost. Like, I remember coming out to you guys. And she just, I, that finally hit me that she did, really didn't take it seriously at first. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. How have they been since? We, um, we definitely butted heads. We actually, because it, it was just so foreign to my parents. Uh, I was the first one out of my family to come out. Uh, I definitely probably wasn't the first uh, to have these feelings. You know, you never know. Mm-hmm. And, um it was so foreign to my parents, especially my, uh, you know, Catholic mother with the whole nine, the whole Catholic Christian thing going on. And, uh, you know, it just hit them differently. You know, we, we, we actually had, we actually had a really large argument about it. We really had a big argument about it. And if it has it gotten better in the last what eight or nine months? Oh, without a doubt. Um, I will say, I will say we definitely had our, our argument and, for anybody, uh, you will have your fights. It doesn't mean that they're against you. Uh, a lot of people are just, it's a foreign thing to a lot of people. It's a taboo thing to people. And, you know, out of fear, I feel like they result in fighting and, and yelling and things like that. And out of under, non-understanding, I feel like it results to fighting and, and that. But out of the uh, last eight months or so, seven months, they've completely, they even from the start, they told me that they love me. You know, they, they might not agree or understand my, my, my life, but they will never stop loving me. And they told me that exactly from the start, to be honest with you. That's cool. Yeah, because whether it's, you know, a faith thing, a generational thing, it is different for the older generation. Right. So while, and I'm glad they said they love you from the beginning. Uh, they, they completely, completely showed me that they love me. They understood that it was a big step for me to come out, but they would may not agree or... Uh, they not agree with the, my, my life like that, but they never told me they'd never stop loving me. And I thought that was the number one thing that I needed from them was that love that I, I thought I was going to lose, to be honest with you. Looking to the future for you, you um, and like marriage and kids, does your upbringing in the church allow you to think of a future with a husband and kids? Or is it, do you still think of it as like a wife? Or do you even think about um, that yet? Because you're still so young. Um, so I've been thinking, I've been thinking about kids ever since I was 16. Uh, I thought about a wife and or a life with a uh, family and everything. But uh, my church, I've actually been in contact with my uh, pre- uh, my preacher and other preachers from the area actually. And for a few different churches, I've actually spoken for and had meetings with gentlemen that feel comfortable. Either they're not out or they are out. Some of them have families uh some of them have girlfriends and and they've proclaimed to me that you know they are gay they are bisexual they haven't told anybody and these churches have openly let me speak to these gentlemen and in, in, in private with a lot of uh different a lot of different people and my church is very supportive of if i was to come in with a husband or you know a husband with my kids they're very supportive of that that's cool it is interesting that just now and then obviously online you seem to get people who are who were in the same situation as you who are not out yet 
but have these feelings of same sex or bisexuality um, come to you, whether it's in the Christian community, the athletic community, do you see a role in the future where you can help people officially or, or? So it's funny you mentioned that uh, right before we got this uh, text, I actually got a, a player from Liberty University that messaged me. And it's just really funny that you mentioned all that. Uh, and I, I spoke on OutSports about how, you know, I spoke to, I spoke about um, to Liberty University um, with a lot of LGBTQ athletes at Liberty University, knowing it's one of the most Christian colleges in America. And, oh, yeah. Um, As they go through March Madness. Oh, yeah. On Twitter, you're getting a lot of people attacking Liberty. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a really big thing right now. For a role, um, a couple articles said that, you know, I'm being a role model for Christian LGBTQ uh, athletes and Christian LGBTQ members. And I, I, it makes me nervous sometimes, you know, uh, hearing that, hearing that definitely makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah, I can understand. The cool thing is you're very charismatic. You, I mean, you've been a fun, fun chat this last almost hour. Thank you. Uh, so I could see where people are drawn to you. And I hope you continue that to accept that role that you, you've been given. I appreciate that. Definitely. So I reached out on Twitter. John Holmes is a reporter for Sky Sports in the UK. He also heads up Sports Media LGBT. Mm. And I don't know if you pay attention to international news, but right now in the UK, um, there's a lot of protests going on where teachers are instructing about relationships other than male-female as part of a, a larger education package where they talk about accepting others. Right. Um, I wanted to ask, how do you think American schools can handle the same issue? I know depending on where you are, I mean, the U.S. is so big and you have liberal areas, conservative areas. Um, so there's not one standard nationwide. But how do you think our schools can address this? Or do you think it's their their part? Do you think it's their position too? Um, well, that's a big question. My mother is a teacher. And I feel like school is very, very, very touchy. Because, I mean, whatever I'm teaching at my, uh, whenever I'm teaching a parent, can say whatever I'm teaching at my house with these with my my child mm -hmm. th th that needs to be a found my foundation for my child so whenever a student goes into a school and they're teaching them something that might be the opposite of what uh, the parent has been teaching them at home I mean those things are very gonna be uh, they're gonna attack each other without a doubt mm -hmm. um, I mean those things are gonna collide uh, for sure and my stance on that is uh, what's what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong and i mean that i i i really don't know what kind what sane person what crazy person would say that the acceptance of everybody is wrong the acceptance and caring of everybody no matter their situation is wrong so with that specific thing i i'm completely all for the uh you know that going on in uh in the in britain in britain everything Definitely, without a doubt. Yeah, I think uh, for, the program is called No Outsiders. Um, that's me. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and it, it honestly, um, it's not only for LGBT, it's for religion and and other nationalities and stuff. It's a really cool program. And I, I listened to a podcast recently about it, and it was cool. 
Before we move on, I wanted to ask, though, you had one year at Malone, correct? Right. And then you are leaving Malone now? Right. Um, I'm actually headed to, um, so come August, come August, um, I might be heading to Ohio State to uh, join the police academy there at Ohio State. What brought on that change? To be honest, I, I have no idea. Um, uh, so I've always been a kid that's always wanted to do everything. Uh, my mom will tell you as a kid, you know, I wanted to pursue so many different sports and different um, after school activities. So she knew when a career was going to be thrown my way, I was going to have trouble picking. And um, it's definitely something that I've always put in my heart to God to lead me to where I need to be in life, especially with a career. And um, I love people. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if you've done, you've definitely been on social media, but right now the police force is, it's a mess right now. I'm just going to be honest. It's, it's a mess. It's a complete mess with mm -hmm. uh, society and how, the police and the community have a relationship. There really is none right now. And as a, as a, you know, LGBTQ Christian athlete, I feel like I've always felt like I could be, I could be that bridge for uh, many different people. And I feel like the police force would be the best, best area for that. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. My brother is a former police officer. Oh, wow. And they need they need good people like you, because there's a lot of good people doing it already. But the more, the better. Right. Um, after my uh, out sports article, I've actually been speaking uh, with uh, Columbus uh, lieutenants uh, that informed me that they would love to have me as an officer in Columbus. They're, they even they immediately mentioned they're LGBTQ friendly and Columbus is very LGBTQ friendly. So to hear that from a lieutenant was just amazing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I like to keep my episodes an hour at the most, and I know we're already going to go over. So <laughs> let me move on to my final 20 questions. Gotcha. Cool. Um, it's a quick 20 questions. There's some pop culture, some fun. I take from the show called Inside the Actor Studio, and then I have a final, final question. Right. Ready? I'm all for it. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um... Uh, transportation. Bang. Anywhere I can go in the world, I'm there right now. If you have a, or do you have a favorite podcast? Do you listen to podcasts? Uh, I listen to podcasts too much. Definitely yours right now. <laughs> That's my top Sweet. one. Sweet. Right <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Oh, yeah. What other ones, though? Um, uh, what was the one we were speaking, we were speaking about? It's kind, it's not your rivalry, rivalry one, but which one? Oh, same team about? with Daniel Trainer. Same team. Uh, yes, Xavier got me on that one, actually. Yeah, that's another good one. I oh, listened yeah. to that as well. I highly recommend it. Oh, yeah. Who was your first celebrity crush? Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, uh, <laughs> definitely Zac Efron or uh, and Gabriela Montez from High School Musical. Okay. If, yeah. you could, if you could meet anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Um... Oh, shoot, man, that's a good one. Uh, Mac Miller. Mac Miller, rest in peace, late and great. All right. What is the most interesting thing you have read or seen this week? I found out that they came out with a new type of husky, so that's pretty sweet, dog. I kind of want one now. <laughs> what is the most recent streaming obsession for you? Anything on Netflix, Hulu? Oh, I just got into Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, on that show, there's a... Um, there's a gay uh, lieutenant, like a gay police lieutenant, 
Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm a big fan now of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine with Andy Samberg. Sweet. Which fictional character would you like to meet in real life? I have a book or, oh, Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe. No question, huh? Reason, thank you. Um, if animals could talk, which animal would be the most annoying? Oh my gosh, freaking uh, chihuahuas, because I hate those dogs so much. They're so annoying. Who inspires you? Uh, Ray Lewis, football player Ray Lewis. What is your favorite word? Uh, blessed, because that's all I'd be is blessed. What is your least favorite word? Oh, God. I hate the word swag. I hate the word swag so much. No, I hate the word lit. I hate the word lit so much. It's getting used too much, and I'm, I'm a part of that problem. I'm not going to lie to you. All right. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, emotionally, or any other way? Just what turns you on? Uh, music. Without a doubt, music. It, it, it takes me to a different place. I love it. What turns you off? Um, Twitter arguments. What is your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word, uh, damn, damn, damn. That's not, and that's a Christian curse word. You know, that's not even. Oh, that's totally. I grew up on that. Like, damn, like Drew, watch your mouth. I'm sorry, mama. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Um, any, any, anything that's like Asmar. Do you know what Asmar is? Like, uh, the sound of like, this is so weird. Like the sound of like a match being lit or uh oh i know what you're talking about oh yeah i fall asleep to that every night really oh without a doubt (laughs) um what sound or noise do you hate oh oh i hate when people scrape their fork against a plate when they're eating like do you have to have every crumb like it's a buffet like you don't you don't have to get every crumb (laughs) all right what i mean i know you're in school right now but what profession other than your own would you like to attempt you know, the whole career thing is tough for me. Uh, yeah. definitely want to be a, I, would, I would want to be a coach, without a doubt, be a coach. All right. What profession would you not like to do? Oh, gosh. Uh, public sanitation, like being a, dump, like a, uh, like a dumpster person, the garbage man, because I, I, I throw up. I have such a bad gag reflex. It's so gross. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? What's up, G? How you doing? Daps me up, and then we head out to the pearly gates. That's what's up. I want, I want Jesus to have some slang to him. All right. I guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> My final question is, um, one of the reasons why I do this podcast is I want young people to know there are other people out there. So if they have the f- support at home, with family, with friends, they also have athletes and other people out on the internet that have been through the same thing. What would you tell a 12-year-old child who is coming to terms with their own sexuality. The one advice that I would have for them. Yeah. It's, it's, it goes back to my uh, religious view. It goes back to my religious view mm-hmm. that God really, God really does not make mistakes. And what you feel down in your heart, it's not a mistake at all. And I feel like that's the number one thing that I would tell that, that 12 year old kid would, whatever you feel deep down, like it, it's, it's literally, it's okay. It's, it's okay. God doesn't make mistakes, and your heart is one of them. He never made a mistake making it. Well, this has been fun. I've really appreciated talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for listening to my podcast, Level Playing Field. That was Andrew Ford. I hope you had a good time. One quick fix. 
In my final 20 questions where I ask him about first celebrity crush, he mentioned Zac Efron, and he mentions the character of Vanessa Hudgens in High School Musical, but that's who he was talking about, if you don't know. Anyways, tune in next week when my guest is... Justice Horn. I hope you all have a great week and look forward to you coming back next week. Thank you.